So, Nebuchadnezzar, was he a villain or was he not? I'll move this so I can talk into it a bit better. Was he a villain or was he not? Now, I wasn't here last week, but last week we had the story of Moses and Pharaoh. And the hero was Moses, and the villain was Pharaoh. And I, he- I heard that part of the point of the story, really, was, was Pharaoh such a villain? He had a job to do, and he did his job, and he did it to the best of his ability. So he may not have been such a villain. Nebuchadnezzar is a little bit like that. He's painted as rather a villain in the Old Testament. He appears in the Old Testament in several different places. He comes in the book of Kings, he comes in the book of Chronicles, he comes in the book of Jeremiah, and he comes in the book of Daniel. And he's painted as rather a terrible figure. Because he was the man who took the Jewish leaders and the people who lived in the city of Jerusalem out into exile in Babylon and he destroyed the city and the temple. So that sounds pretty bad. But that's very much from the Jewish people's point of view really. If you read the history of Nebuchadnezzar, He was probably one of the greatest kings, one of the greatest rulers who ever lived. He built an empire. And even in the Bible, you read that he wasn't so harsh and cruel as he might seem. Because when he came to Jerusalem and took the uh, king and the leaders and the other wealthy people for Jerusalem away into Babylon, it says that he left behind the poor people. He left them with the land to, uh, to look after it and to make their living from it. And he actually looked after the prophet Jeremiah. He said nobody would harm Jeremiah. And several points along the way, he recognizes that God, the God of the Jews, is a holy and a powerful God. In fact, in the story, as you read it in Daniel, you come across that three times when Nebuchadnezzar is worshipping other gods and he recognizes that God, our God, is the only true God and he pays homage to him and does so right at the end of his life. But it takes a man, a brave man like Daniel, to bring that to his attention because most of the people who were around him were so frightened of him, they daren't tell him the truth. Daniel was brave enough to speak the truth to Nebuchadnezzar. So Nebuchadnezzar was a man of dreams. Daniel was a man of dreams too. But we read about Nebuchadnezzar's dreams. We didn't hear in the story just now what that dream, that first dream that he had, was about. And in some ways, it's not really important this morning. You can read that story yourselves if you're not familiar with it. It was about a large statue. And the important thing was that Daniel brought the message of God to Nebuchadnezzar because he prayed to God and God not only showed him what the dream was, but showed him what the dream meant and what the implication was for Nebuchadnezzar. We have that kind of interlude with Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, the three friends of Daniel, who will not bow down to another statue. Nebuchadnezzar gets it wrong again. He recognizes that God is a holy God, but then short time afterwards, he goes and erects this enormous statue 
out in the desert and covers it with gold and tells the people to go and worship that. And of course, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego won't do it. And they get thrown into the fiery furnace, but God protects them and they come out. Then we have a third dream, which we didn't hear in the story. Nebuchadnezzar has a third dream, and in this dream, he sees an enormous tree. It's an oak tree, and its branches spread out and shelter the people, and the birds can feed in the tree, and the animals can gather underneath it. And then a voice comes and tells somebody to cut down the tree. Well, actually, not to cut it down. They have to cut off the branches So the shelter of the tree is lost. And all that's left is the stump of the tree standing in the ground. And the the Bible account tells us that that stump of the tree was protected by iron and bronze bands around it. Now Nebuchadnezzar didn't have an understanding of what that dream meant. He was actually quite a frightened man. For all his power and his roaring and his ruling in Babylon... He himself was quite insecure, I think, and he was quite frightened by things. He certainly had these dreams that frightened him. And he called Daniel over and said, Daniel, can you tell me what this dream means? My other advisors, my wise men, can't tell me what this dream means. Well, I guess that those wise men really knew what the dream meant. But they weren't brave enough to tell Nebuchadnezzar what the dream meant. Daniel knew what it meant. And he said to the king, really, I'd rather this dream was about somebody else and not you, because this is not good for new, good news for you. He told Nebuchadnezzar that the, he, Nebuchadnezzar, was this tree, and that the tree that gave shelter to the people and the animals and the birds was going to be cut down. And just the stump would remain. So he said that his ruling authority in Babylon and across that territory, the empire, was going to be threatened. But he said it's not too late. He said if you turn to God and recognize God as the true God, then this won't happen. Now a whole year passed by A whole year passed by. Nebuchadnezzar was still on the throne. But he forgot, as so many of us forget, the things that God has said and the things that God has done. And it tells us in the book of Daniel that Nebuchadnezzar went up to the roof of his palace and he called out these words. And I just need to find them here. He said, "These are in this is in Daniel chapter 4, and these are the words Nebuchadnezzar spoke. It says, 12 months later, after Daniel told him what the dream meant, the king was walking on the roof of the royal palace of Babylon, and he said, Is not this the great Babylon that I have built as a royal residence by my mighty power and for the glory of my majesty? And it says next, the words were still on his lips when a voice came from heaven. This is what is decreed for you, King Nebuchadnezzar. Your royal authority has been taken away from you. You will be driven away from the people. You will live with the wild animals. You will eat grass like cattle. Seven times or seven years will pass by until you acknowledge that the Most High is sovereign over the kingdoms of men 
and gives them to anyone he wishes. So Nebuchadnezzar's pride and his self-assurance was coming through. And I kind of have that experience. If I look back over my life, I've had that experience so many times when God has done something really amazing in my life and yet a very short time afterwards, it's almost as if it hasn't happened. It's almost as if I've forgotten about it. And I find that I want to try and do things my own way and in my own strength over and again. So Nebuchadnezzar was not so much the villain in that way. He wasn't so much different from me, really. And maybe one or two of you have that similar experience. Now, it came to pass, just as Daniel had said, Nebuchadnezzar lost his sanity. Have you seen that film, uh, The Madness of King George? A little bit like that, really, that Nebuchadnezzar lost his sanity. It says he, he, he lived like an animal for seven years in the wilderness before he came to his senses and realized that God was the true God. And then right at the end of his life, he acknowledges God once again. It says then at the end of that chapter, Nebuchadnezzar's words again spoken, at the same time, my sanity was restored. My honor and my splendor were returned to me for the glory of my kingdom. My advisors and my nobles sought me out and I was restored to my throne and became even greater before. And now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and exalt and glorify the king of heaven because everything he does is right and all his ways are just. And those who walk in pride, he is able to humble. And that's what God does to us. When we walk in pride, when we try and do things in our own strength, he humbles us, not because he's unkind, but because that's what he sees is the best for us. So what was the real difference between Daniel and Nebuchadnezzar? Both of them had dreams. Both of them heard the voice of God. I think the clue appears several times through the book of Daniel, and it's almost hidden Because Nebuchadnezzar, on more than one occasion, when he speaks to Daniel, says, you have the spirit of the gods. Now, I recognize that in a different way. I see that Daniel, the difference with Daniel, was that he had the spirit of God. And by the spirit of God, he could hear God's voice and understand what God was saying. And unlike Nebuchadnezzar, who would pay lip service to God and then would go and do his own thing, Daniel, who was filled with the Spirit of God, followed and and acted in obedience to what God said. Even though it says he was frightened by what God was asking him to do, by the Spirit, he had the strength and the courage to do what he knew was right. And I think that's the prayer that we should all pray, that by the Holy Spirit, we would have the courage to stand by what God has called us to do. And in times when we feel weak and we look for earthly things uh, to bolster our strength, our own abilities or our wealth, our money, our job or whatever it is that we will use to make ourselves feel that we have worth and self-esteem, we recognize by the Spirit of God that actually those things are as nothing and they can just as easily be taken away. 
But if we follow the Spirit of God, he will give us everything that we need.